It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. What's up, everybody? Man, do I have a great episode in store for you, an awesome interview with Sophia Stokes, mother of nine, and she is on point when it comes to parenting. You know, parenting's a weird thing. It's one of those where we all know if you're if you're a parent, we all feel inadequate in some ways. We know that that we need some training, we need some guidance, mentorship, but it's so difficult to find it. None of us have time to go to parenting workshops. You know, we struggle trying to read parenting books. You know, when we reach out to to friends and peers, you know, a lot of what we find is what not to do more so than we find what to do. It's challenging at times to really find other parents that you you really respect and have seen the fruit of their labor and wisdom come through uh, with their kids. And and with 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 Sophia and her husband Jonathan, they have done an excellent job with uh, with their tribe and you're going to get to hear from some of her wisdom in this field and i think you're going to love it we start this episode with just talking about some epic fails uh zach and caitlin are going to be joining me on this episode and we'll we'll talk about it from from things that we've experienced as parents or things that our parents have done to us that have been epic fails we have some funny moments in store and then we kind of dive into it with with sophia on on some of the key aspects that she feels are most missing in our culture today when it comes to how parents are raising their kids. You're, you're gonna love it. So uh, so without, uh, without further ado, uh, here we go. Let's just jump in. So let's start with epic fails. <laughs> who's got some who's got some good ones now i only have one teen and i i uh i have two on the way of being teens so i i don't really i haven't messed up too badly yet um yet uh so i, I can't think of any personally but i bet we could ask them maybe maybe <laughs> but they're all in bed right now so that's oh, that's not gonna work such a good um, parent i know you did that on yeah. purpose yeah but it's more fun i think to think of parenting fails from our parents and mm. and what they did um so, yeah, I definitely have a few. Um, so my parent fail uh, for this is that when I was younger, I would have a tendency to lie because I had an older brother and older sister, not and you. I would yeah, not me, and I would always get the blame for everything. So what was my go-to? Lie, deny, deny, deny at all costs. Well, my mom had a unique way of handling a lying situation. She probably knew that nine times out of ten, I was probably lying. And so I would sit there and I would tell this big extravagant story about how I really didn't do it. And usually I probably wasn't really doing it. It was my brother and sister, but I just got the blame for it. And my mom would sit there and tell me, I see the devil in your eyes. 
I know you're lying. And of course I was lying. And so I just would tremble in fear and then blab the whole story about how I was lying and the real story. Well, there's this one time that I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I was telling the truth and I did not get in trouble. It was not my fault that what happened. And so I told her the truth. I told her exactly what happened. And she sat there and said, Kaylin, I see the devil in your eyes. I know you're lying. And at that point I knew her whole game, her whole thing was a complete false thing to get me to tell the truth. And at that point, I was like, ah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I said. And then everybody just started laughing, and then my mm-hmm. mom had to come up with some new way yeah. of figuring out my secrets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so mine's not as creative, because I just did that actually today. Uh, uh, one of the kids ruined the handlebar in my car, believe it or not, and I went out there, and I just assumed it was my son. Your brand new car? Yeah, my brand new car. And I went oh, out there, and I, I assumed it was him. He's standing there. Luke, did you pull the, peel all this off the handle? No, I didn't. Stop lying to me. I did. He started well up in tears, and then I knew he was telling the truth. So my my tactic is if they cry, they're telling the truth. Just let them go. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of works most of the time. And now if they listen to that podcast, Uh, they've got you in their pocket. Yeah, they won't do it. I don't know. Some kids are quick criers. They can turn those tears on. Are you sure yeah. you know what you're doing? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. He might be the master at it. He and, might be. Yeah. So tell us some of your, give us one fail before we move on. Oh, one of my parents fails. Oh, this is hard. Oh, please. You've got <laughs> nine kids. You have oh, messed what, up. You mean one of my own. I thought you wanted me to tell on my parents. Oh, no, I know about your messed up background. <laughs> we don't have to dig it. Oh, this man. is a counseling oh, session here. We're trying to encourage parents around the world. <laughs> you realize that our parents are the only listeners to this podcast right now. So by setting this up and sharing their failures, we're losing all our it's, listeners. This is like group therapy right now. Okay, so okay, okay, okay. So one of my biggest fails is, you know, since I have so many kids, I was stuck in mommy mode for such a long, long time. And um, I really thought that my kids, when they hit the teenage years, they were going to need me a whole lot less. I mean, come on, they're growing up. They're capable of different things. I did not know that they would have fragile egos at that time. I was teaching a teenager how to drive and um, she, I won't say any names, but she (laughs) did not like it when I yelled, stop, really loudly. And she started to tremble and cry while she's behind the wheel and She's not going to get that that stop really meant, hey, I really do love you, and I don't want to die right now. <laughs> so she she made me feel horrible as a parent, but you don't want to be recovering while you're driving the car. You want to get to safety. So epic fail. Don't yell while you're driving with your teenager. Yeah. My mom awesome. and dad still yell when I'm in the car and I'm driving with yeah. them. <laughs> and I'm 24 years old. <laughs> Or you're clutching, you're white knuckling the handle of the car. I mean, yeah, I I didn't do well with that. Mm. <laughs> we could do this, Sophie. Which of your nine kids is your biggest fail? <laughs> That's a brilliant question, Zach. Which one have you messed up with the most? <laughs> that would always be the oldest. Right They're the guinea pigs. See, and that's true. That's me. I feel like I was the test dummy for my parents. Yeah. And so I was on the flip side of that. I learned to drive by playing Mario Kart. And then when I actually got behind the wheel of our big old like 1990s Suburban, my mom just expected me to know how to do everything. And so I'm sitting there looking for the right bumper, trying to power slide around this corner, <laughs> trying to turn right at 40 miles per hour. And yeah. she yells at me, stop, as we slide off the road into the shoulder. 
But that, that's a moment that stuck with me. Yeah. Stuck. You're I'm scarred still. for life, right? Yes. I mean, Mom. how many parents have scarred their kids yelling, stop, mm-hmm. while yeah. yep. driving with their teen? Totally. All right. Let's 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 dive in here. I, I, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to just think of the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? All right? So, well, I'm starting with you, Caitlin. I'm looking at you. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Biggest challenge facing teens today is? Media. Media. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the media, I feel like, is a bigger influence than most parents are. And that's the thing that's teaching our kids how to grow up, how how to become an individual, what their identity is. And so I feel like that's feeding our teenagers. Okay. Zach, biggest challenge facing teens today is, and you can't say media. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for that. Uh, Okay, so in air quotes, I'm going to say freedom. It's like this this idea of freedom. Teens have access to so much stuff. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of latchkey kids walking home. And the world is at their fingertips. And I think a lot of times it feels like freedom the way that they express express themselves. Mm-hmm. But those things that pose as freedom, I think a lot of times can enslave us. Mm-hmm. That, if that makes any sense, I don't know. I could go on. But. Oh, okay. All right. That's deep. Um, Sophie, biggest challenge facing teens today is? Stability. I think mm. that teens really lack stability. And it's the most upsetting time of a person's development they're going to have the highest highs and the lowest lows and literally they're on a roller coaster of emotions mm-hmm. of self-identity of uh just just a very confusing time and i agree with both of y'all media and freedom and all these things but mm-hmm. i really think at the heart of it is stability they're going to lack um they're going to have unrealistic expectations set for them by mm-hmm. media by magazines mm-hmm. by all these different things they're going to also have a ton of destruction destructive options at their fingertips literally Mm -hmm. right and then they're also going to have all these new problems and their parents are going to be less available to them than at any other time in their development Mm -hmm. we as parents all assume our teenagers need us less than when they were babies and in diapers when in reality they need us more yeah so so you wave a wave a magic wand and you could create more stability for teens today what would that look like Ooh, you didn't ask me that I, question. I know, I know, I know. Free to jump in. What did that look like? Let's just say stability is the one of the core, if not the core issue, uh, and we can come up with a ton. Well, what would more stability look like? I think one place to start, I mean, if one out of every two homes out here in the burbs are a, a fatherless home, there's only one parent trying to both work and provide for the kid, and then also to raise and get involved with their life and speak into this roller coaster that they're on, stability looks like having one or both of those parents not only home, but actually speaking and involved in their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and, and in order for that to happen, mom and dad, if if mom and dad are there, which is less than fifty percent of the households, but mom and dad really have to work as a team. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. and they really have to be more strategic rather than just in trying to survive the teenage years mm-hmm. you know and and checking in with one another and yeah, yeah. i think yeah. my parents had like a countdown clock until i turned 18 and that was the day i was going to get a boot like they were just waiting they biding were their tired time. and they were ready to be done oh because right? i was a pain yeah. <laughs> yeah they were deservedly tired yeah i would say um boundaries mm-hmm. um and i think 
I think everyone, it needs boundaries. And for me, I want to say this, in my household, we I had both parents and they were so involved in our lives that there were no boundaries whatsoever. And so, which necessarily wasn't always a bad thing, but I feel like kids today, they act the way they do, they do some of the things that they do because they have no concept of limits or boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a huge thing. If I were to mag- mm-hmm. wave a magical wand in the air, I would give people boundaries and what healthy boundaries look like mm-hmm. for parents, mm-hmm. students, kids anyone okay yeah and if i could if i could say something to this i would say they they would need constants Mm -hmm. constants are relationships that are constant Mm -hmm. parents are good uh coaches can bring a lot of stability Mm -hmm. um they need to have a, a place to be contributors when there's that feeling that we don't really make a difference it it they can be very very shifty they need to have the ability to contribute in your household in a meaningful way Um, I also think that they are looking for that parenting wall to hold. And when we don't have unity between parents, even if you're separated, if they sense a breach in the wall that they're going to get away with something with one parent that they can't get with the other parent, Mm -hmm. they will try to get through that breach. And that wall really needs to hold at all costs. Mm -hmm. And those parents need to look unified publicly to appear constant for the sake of that. Mm-hmm. That child's need for stability. That's good. Okay, let's get into let's get into some more deeper specifics here. So uh, we're we're loosely talking about our, our our fails and some of the challenges that are out there, but when we look at what is working, right? And and Sophie, I'll default to you on this um, because I know your family well, and I I think you guys uh, are doing a brilliant job. So if you could speak to what you've done that has worked and why you think it's worked. Okay, in order to talk about what has worked, let me tell you what was broken. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I went into parenting my teens, I thought I had to be there for them 24-7. And teenagers have a lot of things that they want to discuss, and they come to you late at night with their hearts full of a lot of anxiety, a lot of new problems that have crept up, and they want to tell you all of their problems, and you as a mom want to make everything better. The problem is... You're super tired. It's the end of the day. You're getting older, not younger, and you can't really stay up as late as they can. And um, you start trying to fix their problems. And remember, in my point point of view, they need stability. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes for a very insane conversation. You start trying to fix their problems. They really don't want you to fix their problems. Mm-hmm. So what I learned is when parent when kids come to you at the end of the night, not kids, teens come to you at the end of the night, they are looking for you to listen. Mm-hmm. You don't need to fix the problems. In fact, I would say we already tell our teenagers, you can come as long as before 10 o'clock our door's totally open for us to listen to you. And if you want help with the problem, let's come to me tomorrow, the mm-hmm. next day. And we usually have a great time doing that. They feel safe. They air out what they need to air out. They sleep better. I sleep better because we're not creating tension by trying to give solutions that aren't wanted. You know, I think that's I think that's important because as a parent, especially, you know, when they're little, you are fixing problems. Yes. And that's the mode you're in. And it's hard to one day wake up and realize, hey, wait a minute. My son or daughter's coming to me and they're not needing something fixed. They're needing they, to be heard. They're needing, yeah, they're needing, a, a, the relationship needs to evolve a yes. little bit more, right? Yes. Yeah, they're needing they're needing that hurt to be heard. And it's a transition right. time that you are evolving as well. You're mm-hmm. having to change your role uh, and so that's a really good point. The transition is hard. I was really slow on the uptake on that. 
Gotcha. I'm sure that can be really tough because you're you still have to do that with your youngest kid now. Like you have to fix their problems, and now you're having teenagers, so you're having to almost parent in two different styles. That can be difficult to go back and forth. Yeah, between. we put on quite a few different masks, and it does get hard to go back and forth. But actually, having my older two almost out of the teenage years, I feel a little bit more uh, able to do this now than mm-hmm. I yeah. did with mm-hmm. those two at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So what What else comes to your mind um, besides that? Maybe it's not maybe it's not something you've done, maybe something you've seen elsewhere, but something you're like, wow, that really works. Okay. I want to say so you go to Sophie's house and you ring her doorbell four times and all her kids run upstairs and they all line up like shortest to tallest. That really works. Yeah, that is impressive. Oh, That's the, a true story. The doorbell system <laughs> is genius. Oh, man. Like, all the kids know certain patterns of the doorbell ring yeah. and Wait, certain numbers. Wait, this is numbers. a real thing? Yes. This is a real, real thing. Yes. Yes. Okay, so you ring it twice. What do they do? I really, to be honest with you, I don't know the codes. It's programmed into the computer, and the kids respond to whatever that says. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Talk about a horse whisperer. This is a team whisperer uh, here. You've got them pre-programmed. Well, it really helps so that I'm not yelling at them all day. Yeah. Come to dinner or we're going to have a family meeting. There's different bells that mean different things. Actually, if someone rang our yeah. bell for the doorbell, we wouldn't know what that was for. They're going to be yeah. older and have their own families. They're going to hear the doorbell ring and they're mm-hmm. just like scramble and line up and no one's going to know what's happening. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just have it. Okay, quick, quick, one quick thing. Something that you're you're thinking of. Okay, I have a good one. And I have to really give credit to my friend Lori for this because she coined the term. I knew it existed, but she coined the term. Beware of hangry teens. And that means hungry, angry. Teenagers are growing really fast and they're experiencing a lot of hormones. And you're going to see this culmination come through often. If you need to talk to your teenager and they're hangry, feed them first. Feed them, feed them, feed them. Can you identify what hangry means? Hangry means hungry and angry. They're hungry and angry. (laughs) It's crazy what a little bit of food and a lot of bit of sleep can fix. I had had this happen the other day. I came home and my little guy was telling me, Mom, my sister has really just been unfair and she's really, really angry. And I I didn't even, I told him I would talk to her about it. But what I did was, I didn't even talk to her. I went and I Honey, had her. Honey, have you fed your sister? <laughs> <laughs> I went and handed her some protein and a drink and left her by herself for a little while. And then I came back to talk to her. Um, I, you know what? If it works with a dog, you know. Okay, so that's great stuff. Feed so, them. Feed your teens. Okay. Feed, the, feed your teens. <laughs> Be a listening ear. Some people are probably thinking, um, this would probably work for my sister. Stabilize. <laughs> the word is stabilize them. Totally. Get their blood sugar stabilized. Okay. Last thing I want to get to is this. All right. Three things that you think, from your experience, parents of teens absolutely must focus on. Okay. I would say preserving the relationship. Make time to carve out just to be one-on-one with your kid. Even if they are, you're in a tense stage, you need to, to do that. They need some relaxed, chill time. That brings them back to that remembrance of everything is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So preserve the relationship. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Before you go on, I got to ask. Because I know people are listening and thinking, I don't, how do I, I hardly have time. It's hard to find the time to have quality time. But you've got nine kids. So how do you do it with nine kids? How do you preserve that time? 
a lot of times it looks like going through the drive-thru and getting a kid's favorite donut snack and just sitting down. Even though I don't eat donuts, they might really enjoy that. And sitting in the car with them one-on-one with their favorite mm-hmm. snack and just it just being them. One-on-one time is important in my group, but it's important for every teen to have your undivided attention, even mm-hmm. if it's only for 15 minutes. You're not giving them hours, but they need to have that set-apart time. Uh, sometimes it looks like with my girls sitting down and painting toenails together, you know, mm-hmm. just one-on-one. Um, it's hard for me because I tend to be on the go all the time and working, but it's it's possible to sit down with your teen. Sometimes it means working on the car together. I mean, those are significant moments for dads. Le- teaching someone how to change a tire for the first time, that's bonding mm-hmm. if it's one-on-one and you're you're making it. Mm-hmm. A good time and not a time that's stressful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so, so invite them into the things that yeah. you already have to do. Or, yeah, or enter into their world into things that they like to do, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Um, okay, so um, number one, intentionally make time. Preserve number, that relationship. Preserve the relationship, mm-hmm. number two. Discipline for character and not for convenience. By the time we're parenting teens, we really want to be done with parenting, but you still have some really important things to, to give your kids. And you need to look 10 years down the line, what do you want them to be? And when you're planning your discipline for them, make sure that you are setting something up that you can be consistent with. A lot of parents are in their anger, will give these huge disciplines, and they really can't meet what they just handed out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really hurting you because that they remember they need that consistency. They need that stability. So make sure that you understand that you are actually being grounded yourself for a season. Make sure that you can actually handle that. If it means that you have to pull back from something, that you're going to be able to sustain what you said. Mm-hmm. So don't make your discipline hasty. Give yourself time to think about it, pull yourself away from it, and then return. But discipline for character and not for convenience. I like that. Andy Stanley talks about disciplining for the sake of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's a thought that I've really started to apply to all of my relationships. Mm -hmm. Am I trying to be right? Am I trying to prove a point or feel justified? Or am I doing this because I really care about the person Mm -hmm. and value the relationship? Mm -hmm. Start with that and then move from there. And they may not always understand it either. But the, if you keep going to it in the mind of the relationship, the most important thing. Then they'll eventually begin to see that pattern and not, oh, this, mom's just angry. This is what she's doing. She's seeing the pattern of consistent behavior with that. Definitely. And it is going to be the most special day to you when your kid comes back to you and tells you, mom and dad, thank you for teaching me what you taught. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it then, but mm-hmm. I appreciate it now. And they, if it's done right, I believe they will turn around and say those words. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And number three? Ooh, I was torn because I really have four, but I'll t- I'll go ahead and throw <laughs> one in. Okay, okay. four for another okay. podcast. Here it is. Here yeah. it is. Don't be a lone ranger parent. Mm. You need to have a community. I'm part of a larger community, and without them, I could not I could not do what I do. They bring a lot of wisdom. They bring a lot of insight. They bring a lot of hugs and tears and prayers. And parenting teens is very hard. And you don't want to do it alone. So. And so uh, what does that look like? How do you just, you know, a couple examples, how would you suggest people go about finding that kind of supportive community if they don't feel like they have it? Multiple wives. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is why he's the co-visionaire. Okay. Well, from your perspective, Seth? Well, from my perspective, you have to already be modeling healthy relationships. If you have trouble in relationships, 
get some help for one. So <laughs> counseling. <help. laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm dead okay, serious. So, so if, okay. you're, if you're the parent nobody else wants to hang around with, you need to go see a counselor. <laughs> well, right. what I mean by that is certified in two years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, you need if you have difficulty having intimate relationships with other people, then that's something that needs that will help you in your parenting, being mm. able to develop intimate relationships with other people. And I mean, being able to be vulnerable with other people is part of that. And if you can be vulnerable with other people, then a lot of people can enter into your world and they can, their insights will bring you a lot of strength and help you see things that you didn't see before. Mm -hmm. So sometimes for, in my case, it did take counseling. It did take, I needed to uh, figure out how real relationships could be done because I didn't have that model for me. And I don't think I'm the only one. I think there are a lot of people out there, but my children have been the you know, they've inherited that. It's easier for them. They, they, I can go to them and say, Hey, I really messed up and I'm really sorry. Um, would you forgive me for that? And I can admit as a parent that I've made a mistake and, and sit there with them, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a good thing to have that kind of vulnerability and, and to be able to talk openly with, with your kid. But that starts doing that with other adults. Mm -hmm. And that is something that mm -hmm. you have to, um, be open to. That's great. Is there anything else you'd want to throw out there before we uh, we close today? Um, I think one thing I would say to parents who are separated, divorced, or married, this is true, be unified publicly as parents. I really see a lot of harm that comes when parents are not unified publicly and the teen looks for a breach in the parenting wall. And if he finds it, he's living in a time where he's living for himself predominantly. And if he if he does that and he goes through it, he's not going to get what's best for him. He's going to get whatever he tried to manipulate out of that situation. And you really want to, as much as possible, appear as a unified parenting mm -hmm. front for his sake or her sake. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say work on that. You don't have to be best friends, but you do need to present that so that they're not trying to go through that wall. There you have it. Wisdom straight from Fear the Walking Dead. Told you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we exactly. got a lot of walkers out where we live, too. So. <laughs> Thank you, Sophia, for being here today and uh, blessing us me. with your wisdom. Uh, loved it. Uh, definitely want to have you back for some more of these because we cannot do this topic justice in one podcast. So thank you, Caitlin and Zach. Uh, for those of you listening, and you like what you hear, we'd love to have some feedback. Uh, how can we help you uh, lead better? Um, so give us, a, give us a shout on uh, Facebook. Shoot us an email. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or a billion other things. That we For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.